Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. Support for today's episode comes from Ruby Receptionists. Ruby's live remote receptionists and proprietary technology are your solution to delivering excellent customer service experiences by answering live calls in English or Spanish, transferring calls, taking messages, addressing common questions, or making outbound calls for you. Most importantly, they sound like they're sitting in your office. To learn more, visit callruby.com or better yet, call us at 855 855- 255 Ruby. My guest today is Ellen Davidson. Ellen is president of Brogan and Partners, an agency that attracts great talent, inspires great work, and delivers great results. It was as an account director at Brogan when she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Now an 11-year survivor, while fighting for her own life, she's inspired hundreds of women to fight for theirs, both professionally and personally. Welcome, Ellen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, it's great to have you on our show, and you have obviously an incredible story of perseverance uh, since your diagnosis. But tell me about Brogan and Partners. I know you joined, I think, 1994. Uh, you are now president of this agency. Tell me a little bit about the agency and what you guys do. Sure. So we are a 34-year-old agency, so I started about 10 years in. We were for- found by Marcy Brogan, who's a wonderful um, and been a wonderful leader in the Detroit advertising community, very iconic. Um, and over the years, we've, um, we've done everything. We, we, obviously, we cut our teeth on traditional advertising, creating tele- great television spots, great radio spots, outdoor, all the tools in the, the advertising toolbox that existed 34 years ago. We've certainly evolved that while we um, do lots and lots of traditional media, and that's a big part of our mix, um, digital and social media and website development and all of those other pieces that are used to communicate, to grow your business, to get the results that, that um, people are looking for out of advertising and communications. Um, we help people out with that. So we're, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful, fun, exciting business. And I, and I think what's great about Brogan and Partners, among many other things, but our clients are really very much in the space of helping other people as well. So um, one of our longest standing clients is the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. We picked them up in the late 80s. We've been communicating health messages quitting smoking, um, participating in healthier, healthy behaviors, uh, what, you know, heart, what to look for for um, heart attack symptoms, all of these different things that uh, are such critical public and community health issues, mental health we've tackled. Um, we are really growing awareness, helping people to get the help they need through the advertising. And we do a lot of our other clients, um, the Office of Highway Safety Planning, you know, making sure people aren't drinking and staying off the roads. A lot of hospital clients. So we've had, we've been 
really um, lucky to work with great clients that are communicating great, great messages and, and putting good into this world. And that's so important to us as an agency. Well, it must feel really good to your team to be working with other companies that are making an impact. Does that go into how you choose your clients? Does that become a niche that you specialize in, so to speak? Absolutely. I mean, we work with, and so we're not all, you know, in that do good communicating good messaging space. Um, but the bulk of our clients, or I would say most of our clients, whether or not they're in that communicating health messages space, they are good companies that are giving back and also putting good into their community. So, um, you know, we work with some retail businesses that are doing really great jobs in their community. We work with a lot of financial um, organizations that definitely help to educate their audience, whether it's insurance or credit unions. Um, so just really organizations that are either communicating great messages or just putting good back into this world. So you've been there a long time. You obviously have grown uh, in the organization and I'm sure outside of the organization, but now you're president. What was that path like for you uh, to grow as a leader in the company? Well, it's funny. I, I never imagined that 24 years ago when I walked in the door on my first day as an intern making $5 an hour, um, that I would, I would still be coming to the same company. And, and my business card has changed over the years, but really only my title. I've had the same, same business card for 24 years. So um, it's been a wild journey. I have loved it. I've loved to see the the path of the agency. I've always loved what the agency has stood for. And I think a lot of that has to do with our founder and my mentor who um, just, you know, she found this agency to put good into the world. And, and that's, and I've just grown um, on that over the years. So I've just really been carrying on what, what she saw for this agency and, and really taking it to the next level in that sense. Yeah. Uh, today, can you give me a sense of the size or scope of the agency, number of employees, uh, top line revenues, anything like that that you can share? Sure. Yeah, we have um, 29 employees. Um, we're about a $5 million business in terms of uh, revenue. So, um, you know, nice, small, we don't have any um, tremendous thoughts of, of growth and becoming much bigger. We like to have, we like to be able to control our client, our culture. We don't want to have a giant client that's going to change who we're all about. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about that culture in a little while. I, what I want to do is take you back and uh, see where, what some of the influences there were in your life that uh, allowed you to be in a position to, to grow like this, to become a leader and the lessons you learned along the way. Um, what, tell me about your family or your childhood, any kind of things that come to mind or stories back then that had an impact on, on who you are today? Yeah, so, um, well, my dad was always a really great business person, and I, I've learned a lot from my dad. Um, my grandfather on my mother's side was just a phenomenal influence, um, and um, 
he's no longer with us, but my dad over the years has continued to carry on his legacy and remind me of some of his philosophies. And I always loved, he always, you know, he made, he did really well. He was really successful, but he wanted everybody to come out of every negotiation feeling good. So he always believed that there could be two winners in every negotiation. Um, and I thought, I, I think that that is 150% true. I, um, so that's one of the things. Um, in terms of growing up, I think I probably knew that I wanted to go into business when I, by the time I was three or four years old, it was always something that interested in me, interested me. My first business, um, I was probably, I was uh, seven years old maybe, and I started Back Massage Incorporated. Um, where I'd massage my dad's back for three cents a minute. And every week I would print invoices on my dot matrix printer and give the, give him the invoices and then he would pay me for them. Um, so that wow. was, that was kind of my early years. And there was absolutely no doubt in my mind when I was applying for college that I wanted to go to the business school and find something within business. I love to, my mom actually had her own business and I would sit with her as she would make new business calls. And, and when I, I mean, as a 12, 12 year old, I, one of the most fun things we could do in the evening is I'd sit with my mom and say, call this person, call this person. She'd have a list of leads. And um, so that was always really fun. And I always got really excited when she'd get an appointment. She was an interior decorator. So I just loved, it was always, all of it was always just fun for me. I just thought it was, it was super cool and, and very interesting. Wow. So you were really uh, touched early on by the business bug. Any other kind of jobs along the way that influenced you or maybe where you learned an early lesson from an unexpected source? Yes. Um, so I did have a job in high school and it was, um, it was a muffin store. It was called Love and Muffins. And I always put everything into whatever I did. So I, I never treated it just as a job where I went and, you know, collected my money. I loved it. I loved learning more about it. Um, they, they turned, yeah, I was a senior in high school and, you know, they made me into one of the managers. Um, I think one of the best lessons I learned from there, there were three owners. Uh, there was one that was supposed to be the controlling owner and the other two were silent partners. And the controlling owner rarely stepped foot in the store. And I think if you are an owner and you don't keep your eye on the business, there was only so much I could do as a high school senior applying to college with a social life. Um, but if you don't keep your eye on the business, the business isn't going to go so well for you. Mm -hmm. um, and it didn't. They ultimately, uh, we always laugh because I, I ended up leaving after towards the end of my year um, and they closed about three weeks later. So some of my parents' friends like to think that um, me leaving was the demise of that. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know, but you got to keep your eye on the business. You got to go, you got to interact. You got to be, you have to be present or you have to have some really fantastic people that are present or it's not going to work out for you. 
Yeah, I think that's a, a great early lesson and is so true today in any business. And sometimes for leaders, that means getting out of our comfort zone a bit, right? Uh, because uh, kind of walking out there or being present isn't always something that maybe even comes naturally based on our personality. But if we're going to lead and have an impact, uh, we have to we have to be able to do that and uh, get up get up out of the office too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. Um, you obviously had great influences uh, growing up, and and you start this this job, and you're well on your way uh, in uh, Brogan for for many many years. And then what is it, 2007? Uh, you get hit with this diagnosis. Tell me about all of that. How uh, what happened? Yeah. So um, I my kids were little at the time, so I was I was pretty busy between work. I actually was working a very reduced schedule. I just had my third child, and um, I wanted to stay really connected to the agency, but I also um, needed to focus on my kids. And I was renovating a house, so I wanted I I took some time where I was working about 10 hours a week. I had a ton of support in the office, but I kept up my clients in terms of the client relationships and being their day-to-day contacts. Um, so I was really working this, you know, really great, everything was going well. There was a really, really great balancing act. Uh, my, my kids were seven, five, my little one had just turned one and I got a call on a Thursday night and, um, I had had a lump removed three days earlier. My surgeon said, you have cancer. And it was totally and completely shocking and out of the blue because frankly, I, they had assured me up and down that this lump that they could feel was nothing. The surgeon, every doctor that looked at it. So I was, I was completely shocked to get this phone call. And obviously, you know, I like to say my to-do list for the next day changed quite drastically. Mm. Um, I went from, I was going to go, I don't even remember what I was going to do. I think I was going to go spend some time at the park with my son. I wasn't working that much, but I was checking emails, doing some other stuff. Um, And instead I ended up uh, with a a bone scan, a chest x-ray, an MRI, blood work. It was a very long Friday. Um, But as I started going through uh, the diagnosis or the treatment, it was about nine months of surgeries and chemotherapy and, um, you know, just doctor's appointments. I mean, it was a very, it really, breast cancer really becomes frankly, a full-time job to keep up with. So it's, it's a lot and it's a lot of, it's a lot of time and it's a lot of energy, obviously. Um, but I still was able to stay pretty connected to the agency. And when I felt good, I worked. And when I didn't feel good, I had people backing me up, which was amazing. Um, and then as I started to come out of that, I wanted to get more involved in the agency and, and come back and um, really continue building that career. Um, so it was, and, and I was ready for it and it was a great time. And fairly early on in the process, um, I decided that I didn't need much support from other people because I had such a great family support. Um, but I thought I could support others. And I could, you know, even people where I was three months ahead of them in the process and they were getting diagnosed, I was starting to talk to women who were getting their diagnosis and and trying to help them um, 
really just let them know that it was going to be okay and they were going to be okay and they were going to get through it. Um, so I developed a lot of a lot of mentoring skills in that way, um, dealing with these early diagnosed breast cancer patients. And that's something I continue to till um, up until now. I mean, I do, I talk to people very, very regularly, just, just helping them understand that this is a bump in the road and they're going to go through everything and they're going to come out on the other side um, better than ever. Wow. That's uh, amazing. Uh, I'm kind of overwhelmed by the amount of things that you have been able to do really all at the same time in the face of these challenges. And look, lots of people uh, do it, um, are faced with challenges in their lives, but you were you had a full-time job, a leader in an agency, you had three small kids, and, and now you're diagnosed, you go through this long treatment, uh, get back to work, um, back into your leadership role, and now you're starting to help others that are going through the same thing. How could you possibly manage all that? You, you make time for what's important for you, and you just make it work. And that's, that's really what I did. And I, my kids have always known too, from the time they were really little, if I got a phone call and it was somebody newly diagnosed with breast cancer, I mean, there was, I would mouth that to them and they would leave me alone. Mm. And it would be an hour on the phone and I wouldn't hear from my three children for that hour. And, and everybody with kids knows that typically the second you get on the phone is when they start wanting stuff. Um, but they always <laughs> and they know up until today, if I'm talking to a newly diagnosed breast cancer patient, just let me be, and it's going to be a long conversation. And, uh, you know, there's, I don't think there's anything more important I can do um, than helping a woman on that very first day that she hears that news and to really help her understand how, what this is going to look like for her and, and how to deal with your family and how to, how to ask for help. You know, one of the things that I, I've always um, noted is, I mean, typically, you know, you see a lot of young women getting diagnosed with breast cancer. Women don't know how to stop. We don't know how to sit still and how to rest and how to let other people take care of us. It's not in our DNA. It's not something we, you know, it doesn't come naturally. Mm -hmm. And that is the absolute hardest thing because after a chemo treatment, when you physically can't do anything and you're still, I've had women call me, you know, I can't do this. And I'll say to them, what are you doing? I'm trying to clean my kitchen. And I'll say, get into bed, turn the TV on and stop trying to clean your kitchen. Your kitchen doesn't need to be cleaned right now. Go to bed. Mm. And then that, you know, we need permission to just rest and take care of our bodies. And it's hard for women. It's hard. It, it's probably hard for all people, but I think it's really hard for women. Yeah, you feel such a sense of responsibility. Uh, I, I was thinking about uh, all the times when I was on that important call, and I probably wasn't as nice trying to shoo my kids away uh, from the phone. Now they're teenagers, so it's not as big of a deal. They're not bothering me as much. But um, yeah, that was a good a good way to do it to have those really important conversations. And you've become a speaker as a cancer survivor, really a thought leader in that area. A lot of these this mentoring, but you know, what are some of the? I know you've been involved in more formal programs too. Um, what are some of the the organizations or programs that you've been involved with? 
So for the past three years, I um, have been serving as president of a national organization called FORCE, which stands for Facing Our Risk of Cancer Empowered, um, president of the board. And I, um, that organization is just a wonderful organization that deals specifically with the hereditary cancer community um, and the hereditary cancer issues. Lots of very, very unique needs in hereditary cancer and certainly a growing field as um, more and more mutations are developed. So um, that's been that is just so rewarding for me. And, and one of the things that I see out of them, and I'm just constantly blown away as, as the board president, and I, I, I really have very little to do with the programs. I help them a lot in fundraising, um, but the work that they quietly accomplish every single year, um, whether it's uh, fighting for our rights. They were instrumental in um, the passage of GINA, um, the Genetic Information Non-Discrimination Act. They were instrumental in, um, they, they really help a lot of the drug companies get their drugs through clinical trials, which is a critical, critical piece to getting a drug to come to market. Um, so, so many accomplishments and um, such a phenomenal organization and and so again, you know, a lot of time to be board president, but so incredibly rewarding that I, I couldn't see not doing it. Yeah, and on top of all that, uh, I guess about three years after um, your, your diagnosis, uh, or a couple years later, you take on the role as president of Brogan, is that right? Right. Well, my, my, my title at the time was managing partner, but essentially, yes, I was running the agency starting in 2010. Um, so just three years after we were, um, the agency was at quite a interesting fork in the road, if you will. Um, we had a, it was we had a sister company that was, um, that had started and was completely focused on social media. And at the time, social media was the new hot, shiny object and brands were just starting to get into it. Um, and Brogan was kind of, we had had a few years where we had rotated um, leadership and we were sort of in this place where we weren't exactly sure who we were gonna be when we grew up um, and, and kind of waffling a bit. Um, at the same time, Ignite was doing really, really well. They were picking up uh, Fortune 500 companies and, and really growing um, huge strides. So Marcy, who owned both companies, took a number of Brogan employees, moved them over to the other company. I became managing partner um, and was at that place where I really had to think and, and start to rebuild this organization. Um, so I did that essentially from the inside out. I started on our infrastructure and what do we look like and who are we and why do we come to work every day and, and what do we believe in and what kinds of clients we want. Um, I didn't really focus too outwardly on new business for a little while. I also focused on um, reestablishing and making sure that the current client relationships we had were secure, um, that they knew that I was out and looking out for them and, and making sure that they were protected. Um, and then as that all 
you know, got underway, then, then we started focusing more on um, rebuilding the business from the outside. So kind of an interesting approach, um, but I really felt like we were not in a position to go win new business and to really start building the business of the agency until we really took a hard look at the inside of the agency and, and figured out where we were and where we needed to go. Well, I want to ask you a little bit more about that because that's one of the toughest things for companies to do is to change and adjust while the train is moving. And sometimes we wish we could just stop the business from operating for a couple of months and get our act together and then go back out there. But you still have to do business, serve your customers, and maybe not focus as much on new clients for a little while. But that's still very difficult to do. From a practical standpoint, how did you go through that exercise? And, and was that something that you did uh, along with members of your team? Did you reset the vision and values of the organization, but what were the, the actual steps you took to, to do that inside work? So we formed a, um, we, we got together, we, we worked with uh, EOS, the uh, EOS process, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Um, and we got together uh, five, there are now five members of the management team. We've had various iterations over the years, but we got together the key people um, that we, we felt needed to be in place in order to figure out um, how we were going to operate. And we went down the path of reestablishing, you know, really looking at who we were um, internally to try and determine our core values and what was important to all of us and, and, you know, what those, how those values resonated. Um, we looked at our, we looked at our vision, we looked at our mission, um, and we really reestablished all of those pieces. And, you know, like anything else, um, they evolve over the years. We take a, we take a hard look at everything every year. Um, I think we're, we're really, really happy um, with our focus. So again, no major changes, just, um, small pivots. For example, last year we decided that we really wanted to formalize, um, our, uh, giving back to the community. And we really wanted that to be part of who we are. So we added, um, a passion to make a positive difference in people's lives. Um, and we, we do that by giving back 5% of our revenue in volunteer hours, board commitments, pro bono work, and financial contributions. We actually have that as part of our strategic plan and part of who we are as an organization. Hmm. Um, so that's a, that's been added in the past couple of years. Um, we were doing a lot of it, but we really wanted to formalize it and measure ourselves against it so that we were staying true to what we wanted to do. How much of that strategy was driven out of what you went through personally? I think a lot of it. I think for me, I, while I always thought it was important to give back and to put good in the community, I mean, the breast cancer diagnosis was really transformational for me. I just, I realized um, how much need there is. Um, I realized that I have power to do good. I have um, the resources and the capacity to do good. 
And I think that sometimes uh, that just becomes contagious. And I've, you know, I've encouraged my employees too along the years. So everybody knows, join a board, you know, let's get involved in, in organizations. And I, and I won't take all the credit because I will say that uh, Marcy Brogan for years has been involved in, you know, lots and lots of boards. So I, I really grew up in this business seeing that part of what we do is to give back. So, so you know, we've evolved it, we've formalized it. Um, I've, I've grown much more passionate about it since I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, but it, it is always something that's been part of our DNA. It sounds like a really special company. Um, and yet I'm sure you're still, as we all are, growing into our roles as, as leaders. As you think about uh, Brogan today, what are one of your big challenges that you guys are, are facing? Uh, well, I think that, um, you know, certainly businesses always have challenges. Um, there's always, you know, we, we always say the minute you, you win an account, you have to make sure to always try and keep that account happy, um, keeping people engaged. I think one of the biggest challenges that um, all advertising and um, communications companies see is that, you know, people have computers and they think they don't always see the need to hire an outside expert. They can do it themselves. Um, so you, you always run into situations where people are questioning if they need your business, if they don't need your business. I mean, thankfully, many of our clients have been with us for so many years. I mentioned the one has been, you know, it's, it's going on 30 years. Um, some of our other clients have been with us. Our, our largest clients have all been with us for many, many years. Um, so we're thankful for that. And we're, we, we like to say we form a really true partnership with these clients. Um, but it's always, you know, there's always, there's always risks. And, uh, but we, we take everything, you know, I like to say on to the next, we take everything in stride and, and just know that, um, if, if we do good work, if we put good in the community, if we treat people well, um, we feel good that that's, that's really um, what it's all about. It's waking up every day and feeling good about what you're doing. Yeah, and it sounds like you've that, all... That's, that's really all I need to do. Yeah, I think also uh, I get the sense that as a... Uh, traditional, more traditional advertising agency early on that you guys have made, stayed with the time, so to speak, and kind of made the transition as others have and or needed to have into the digital world and, and had the appropriate combination of tools and techniques to bring your clients along for that ride and uh, continue to see it grow. If, if you think about your own role as a leader, particularly since you took over as president, what's the what's a humbling decision you've had to make or a tough decision you've had to make as a leader? Um, I, I think one of the, you know, toughest decisions we made, and this is actually several years ago and it was a great learning decision. We had to walk away from a very large account um, that we, you know, was 
nice and profitable because we had partnered with another organization um, that didn't, we didn't feel was um, shared our values. And so we had to make a choice to walk away um, from a pretty substantial piece of business um, for the greater good of the organization. This partner wasn't working for us and um, we just, we couldn't, we couldn't continue on um, in good faith knowing that we were working with someone that didn't uh, live up to what we believe um, values, their values should have been. And that, that was a courageous decision to make. Was that one that, that there was any you know, internal debate, so to speak, where you had some people that said, wow, this client's contributing to our top line and we ought to keep them versus others that said, uh, like you said, from a value standpoint, they don't fit. Well, I think it took a long time. We all debate, we all flipped and flopped. Um, you know, each of us had internal debates in our heads. So, because, you know, we knew ultimately um, that, potentially letting go of the situation may have mean meant some salary cuts. Um, I think we were able to do it fortunately without letting anyone go, um, which was really, really, really great. Um, but yeah, I mean, we would all sort of, you know, we'd be one place one day and the next day we'd get together and we, our heads would be in a completely different place. So it was a very, we thought, long and hard and it was in the end we are incredibly thankful that we've made this decision um it was one of the best decisions we probably ever made one of the hardest and one of the best yeah i remember having to make that kind of decision in, in uh, my first company where we had a million dollar customer that was contributing but really treating our team very poorly and like you said not really a a values match and and uh, we ended up taking a vote of our leadership team, which at the time was a lot of people. I mean, anybody in a supervisory position, we had a monthly meeting and there were 70 people and, and we voted on whether to keep this customer and the vote was 69 to one. And the one was the salesperson on that account. Yeah. Uh, and everybody else said, you know, we got to let them go. And, uh, and, and that story was really told for years because of the loyalty it really created internally. And, and for me as a leader, the sense from our team that uh, I was also going to protect them, at, uh, even if it meant something at the expense of the business overall. So the, the benefits outside of just the, that decision itself were really long lasting. So I give you a lot of uh, credit for, for doing that. As you think yeah. now, Ellen, about uh, your, uh, your leadership, is there an area that you feel like you could still improve on that you're you're working on oh absolutely i think um I, I always tell people if you know if you don't continue to grow i don't care if i'm 80 years old i don't care how old i am i better be learning and growing and and developing new skills um every day i think um you know it's hard sometimes it's hard to have tough conversations I think that's one of the things as a leader to, um, you know, you have to you have to be honest with people to help them along, and um, sometimes that's hard for me 
And so I'm constantly working on, um, you know, coaching people when things aren't going as well. I love, I, I, there's nothing more than I love than to give people kudos. I love to tell people they're doing a great job. I love to, um, pat them on the back. I love to send emails to the entire agency to let people know what people have done really well. But if someone is falling short, that's really, really hard for me to sit down with that person and, and, and tell them that and let them know that. So I think that's an area where we all struggle with. Um, and it's certainly something I, I hope to improve on and, and have everybody walk away still feeling good. That's a tough one. Yeah, uh, I, I get you that it is the hardest thing to do. And, and uh, we seem to have one or the other where we some of us can have the tough conversations, but, you know, not give a kudo, not say thank you, not, you know, that that can be a challenge uh, for for some of us as well. So um, that is something we always uh, need to work on. But with your, you know, the your personality, uh, I, I'm sure that you have the uh, you develop that courage just you feel like you've had the courage to deal with so many other challenges that uh, you've had in your life and and you work you work through those the same way you know you've really become known for uh, how you uh, teach people mentor people around achieving their potential both professionally and personally and particularly women and so what kind of message would you give to someone who's younger in their career that is looking at the how to balance the you know a family and career let alone going through the kind of challenges that you've had to go through well i think um you know people uh younger and again it depends on their life stage so and and what's going on um i think you have to work smarter so you know it's not necessarily longer hours of working it's it's working smarter when you are working i think there's a lot of time during the day that people can waste and i think you have to look at how to maximize um that time i think you have to look at what things other people can help you with um that you don't necessarily need to be doing um and and you need to trust people i think you know for me that's the biggest thing i have a team here that i trust so much i don't need to look over their shoulder i don't need to read every single thing that leaves this agency um, cause I've got the best people that are, are doing that job. So you really have to, you know, and I think about the young moms in, in our office. And one of the things that we we've done for all of our young mothers is, um, if they've got kids that are in preschool or younger, they have to work from home a day a week. They cannot be in the office five days a week. Um, I just, I, I, I can't have them doing that, um, for them because they, I don't want people to, bur to get burnt out. I don't want people to look back at their kids' childhood and realize they missed everything. Um, and, and on that day that they're working from home, I don't want them working all day. I want them to put their phones down, to let somebody in the office know that they're not gonna be reachable for the next four or five hours as they spend time with their kids. Um, doesn't always work out so well because we have a lot of very dedicated and committed people that are attached to their phones. Um, but that's a, that's a very, very important part to me. 
I think that's that's great advice. I mean, you are such an inspiration, and uh, I wish you continued success and and great health uh, for you and your family going forward. I want to kind of end up with my uh, my five quick hit questions, like the association game, where maybe you just tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. So, uh, Ellen, name a leader that you look up to. Gina Wickman. Ah, the founder of EOS. That's a yes. great one. Um, how about a book that influenced your leadership style? Uh, you know, probably Traction, or one of Gino's books. All right. So uh, you're a big proponent of that program. Yes. Yeah. Traction's a good one. Uh, how about your all-time favorite movie? All-time favorite movie. Oh, this is so hard. So hard. Um, probably Annie. Annie is my childhood favorite musical, so I would say movie too. Oh, uh, that's a great one. Um, we haven't had that one yet. I love it. I bet. Um, all right. What's your favorite TV series to binge watch? Favorite TV series. I'm more of an HGTV type of person because I'm always multitasking when I'm on TV, so I need to not have to pay too close attention. So what's your what HGTV series? Oh, I love Joanna and Chip. And you do? <laughs> yeah, they're great. So, Property uh, Brothers, you name it. We've actually been down to Waco to see their uh, their operation down there um, for Fixer Upper. It's pretty impressive what they've done. That's amazing. Yeah, they're pretty cool people. Yeah. So, what is something about you that many people don't know? When I was in seventh grade, I was president of my seventh grade class, and I vowed never to be president of anything ever again. So it's okay to break promises once in a while. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, that that is great. Um, gosh, I have learned so much for in this these few minutes we've had together. Let me reflect on some of the things that you said that really struck me. Uh, one is that. The fact that you've had the same business card for 24 years, and especially for younger people thinking that you know they have to have 10 different jobs. The fact is, if you find what you're passionate about and you find an organization in which you can thrive and be fulfilled, you can be there a really long time, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's just a great story. Uh, something I think you said your grandfather taught you about in negotiation that everyone should come out feeling good. Um, and I think it's the same thing in any conversation that we have in business. That's such a, a great, a great lesson. Uh, put everything into whatever you do. So it doesn't matter what you do, but put whatever you can and whatever you have into it. Uh, this idea that you got from uh, working at Love and Muffin that uh, you saw kind of an absentee owner and the negative impact that had on the business. And to say that when you are an owner, you are a leader, you have to be present, you have to pay attention, you have to sometimes get out of your comfort zone, uh, or else things are likely are going to get out of get out of hand. Uh, your message to other cancer survivors, particularly women, to say that we, we tend to take so much on, or women do, on, uh, and, and believe that it's not okay to ask for help, and yet it is okay to ask for help, and there's no way you can do this on your own. Um, what you did when you uh, 
after you took over the agency as president and you guys were kind of going through a rough time and you put this, you know, kind of splintered the organization and you had to reset uh, the, the organization, um, the way that you did that. And I think it's important to, for any organization to know that there are times when we need to reset or we need to rebuild. And rather than just go out there with a new brand or a new name, you started inside and you made sure that there was that new foundation that was articulated. You did it with the people that you worked with to create that mission, vision, values that would guide you going forward. And it was only then that you really went to the outside and said, okay, now we're ready to bring on some newer, newer customers. Um, that everyone has the power to do good. That that you're a great example that in our lives, we really can do well and do good at the same time. We can manage family, we can manage work, we can manage career, we can give back. And I, I don't really believe in this notion of work-life balance anyway. I just believe it's life and, uh, and you're managing life uh, really beautifully. Um, this phrase you use just on to the next, you know, at some point it's, it, we're ready just to move on and, uh, uh, you don't want to beat a dead horse. You don't you know there's times to just go on to the next thing. Um, and your advice for people to, in terms of really kind of time management is to work smarter, not longer, is to be efficient with your time and realize, yeah, we all know there's only so many hours a day. We have so many priorities we need to manage. But if you're smart about your time and you try to make it uh, as effective as possible, as efficient as possible, you're going to have a really great and fulfilling life and most especially in what I think you've done, Ellen, is you've had an impact on many, many people. So congratulations on everything you've done to date and I know you're not through. Definitely not through. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. Until next time. <laughs>